All right, we are back with the 107th edition of the Quarantine Cast. I'm very excited for this one. I have Landon Quinones, who's competing on the Contender Series, um, I think this Tuesday. Uh, it's actually on Tuesday this time, not Wednesday. Uh, without further ado, I'm going to bring him in. Uh, he's 5-1. and one. He fights out of Sanford MMA as well as ATT. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well as his upcoming fight. So, hey, man, how you doing? I'm very good. How are you? Not too bad. How has the uh, the pandemic been treating you? Pretty terrible at first, but now obviously it's the um, the tails have turned into my favor. So uh, I'm happy I get this opportunity on Contender, and hopefully I get a chance to change my life. Yeah, like man. There. Huge news! You're competing on the Contender series. So how are you feeling? Two uh, just a few days out now. I think four days out. Hungry. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Other side from that, I'm pretty optimistic. Um, the weight cut is pretty necessary because it's locking me in and making me really not think much about the fight. So uh, I'm just chilling, just getting through it. Speaking for myself, I put on a, a few pounds uh, throughout the pandemic. Um, so how's the, how's the weight cut been? Uh, any different than usual? Well, they called me um, um, about 20 days ago, and uh, I was supposed to fight on the 22nd of November on the Titan FC card in the Dominican Republic. Uh, so I was actually really, he really, really heavy when they called me for the fight. Uh, regardless, I'm a professional and I'll never miss weight, but I'm a little heavier than I'd like to be. I really realistically wish I was about like eight pounds lighter right now, but I'll get it done nonetheless. It is what it is. It's going okay. I mean, just, I just have to suffer a little bit earlier than I'd like, but it's cool. It is what it is. How did, you get, how did you get the news that you were competing on the Contender Series and how did you take it? Well, um, uh, my coach has been managing me for a long time. I recently signed with Iridium Sports Agency. And uh, Jason House communicates with my coach. And um, uh, I was training at a at Goat Shed in Miami. I actually don't train at American Top Team, by the way. I only train out of Sanford and Goat Shed. So uh, I was training in Miami in Wynwood. And uh, I was in the middle of practice. And uh, my coach over there got a call from my, other, from my striking coach who was in contact with Jason House. He actually put the phone on speakerphone. And they actually recorded my reaction. So... Uh, obviously, like my coach took it because he knows the well, the answer that I'm going to say when they call the big boss calls or the big show calls. You don't say no. So I was I was distraught, but I, I mean I was shocked and it was pretty surreal. But it's an exciting experience, and I think I belong in the big show. I think I'm t I'm ready for that next level. So uh, let's go. I'm, it's go time. I'm ready to go. Were you I'm surprised? Excited. Were you surprised to get it so early in your career? I mean, especially at 155 and 145, where the division stacked in the UFC. Were you surprised that that you got the call with only six fights in? Absolutely not. I feel like I'm a high level fighter. I mean, I train with some of the best guys in the world over at Sanford MMA. I train with guys who are in that UFC caliber. I've trained with many UFC veterans, Bellator veterans, and I, I train at the highest level. And I'm and I've displayed great composure in my fights on big shows like Titan FC and Bellator as well. So I feel like I'm ready for that big stage. It doesn't make a difference to me what's going on. And plus, it's a new era, man. There's a whole new breed of fighters coming out. Um, uh, realistically, records are just a number at this point. You know, the guys coming up that have the same records as me are very skilled, very tough individuals, and we're ready to take over, man, out with the old and with the new. What are your thoughts on uh, Shaheen Santana? I mean, very, very dangerous fighter. He's 6-0 and as a pro and undefeated as, as an amateur. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, I think he's tough. I mean, he's athletic. I mean, you know, he's got heart. Uh, I question a lot of things. I question his conditioning. I don't really think his wrestling is very strong. I don't think his striking is very strong. I think he's just very long. He doesn't really have a goal of what he's trying to accomplish with, on the feet. He's just got very good physical attributes. He's got a good front kick. And he's got a slick a slick uh, front choke game. But aside from that, I don't really see him much as a threat. Well, obviously, he's a threat. I don't want to say it like that because everyone's a threat. But I feel like I'm way – 
a way better fighter everywhere. I feel like I have a strong heart, a strong will. Um, uh, I'm very motivated, and I, I just, I don't know, I just don't feel like anyone can take this from me. My confidence is through the roof, and I'm ready to just take what's mine. You know, I'm not sleeping on him. I'm not putting him out there. I got dropped in my last fight. I know I respect the fight game greatly. I know anything can happen. But if I show up on fight night and I'm focused and in shape the way I, I can be, then I don't think there's any 55 in the world that can beat me. Do you find it harder to, to, to prepare for an opponent that doesn't have that loss? I mean, obviously, if there's a loss on someone's record, you can kind of, okay, so he's, you know, the rear naked choke. That's his weakness. But when someone doesn't have a loss, do you find it harder to prepare for? Uh, it really doesn't make a difference to me. As I said, records are just a number. I look at the, a lot of his fights. One, even though he did squeak out victories in his fights and little slick submissions and transitions, he was losing a lot of the fights that he's won in his record. Um, uh, also, number two, great fighters find a way to adapt. Great fighters find a way to win. And I'm one of those guys that I believe I'm a great fighter, and I feel like I will find a way to win. And, like, whatever whatever opportunity is uh, present itself, I will take it, you know, or I'll create opportunity for myself to get a finish or get the win I need. So I'm not really worried about that. I don't need to look at film. I don't need to look at anything like that. I know I've watched him a little bit, but you don't need to think into it like that. At the end of the day, it's a fight, whether I'm in front of a million people, whether I'm in an alley, like, you know, what? I'm going to get a full training camp and work all these positions in a street fight when someone's trying to come up to me. No, I'm not. At the end of the day, you got to dumb it down. This is a fight, and it is what it is. So were you primarily training at Sanford MMA for this one? Is that where you, you mainly did your camp? Well, I split my camp in two. I had a lot of personal issues during this fight camp. Um, uh, I trained mainly at Sanford because that's where I, I do most of my practices in the morning. But I also trained at the Goshen Academy in Miami under uh, Coach Asim Zahi. He's been uh, helping me a lot with my MMA game, my grappling game, my stra strategic stuff. Uh, so uh, basically what happened was I was training at Sanford basically for the first four to – like I, I want to say between four to six weeks in my camp because I did was training ten weeks already. I was a little heavy, but it was I was still in good shape. I was just a lot bigger than I needed to be. Um, uh, I was train, training over there, and then uh, I had a falling out with a roommate, ended up moving out of his house. Then I was pretty much homeless, so I moved to Miami and to uh, stay with my coach over there. Once that happened, while I was living with him, my car engine actually blew out, so I couldn't even make it to Deerfield. I was in Winwood in Miami, going up driving 45 minutes north to Deerfield, and with no vehicle, I couldn't make it up there. So I split the second half of my camp at the goat shed fully, and it all worked out. I was able to make it happen regardless, you know? It's it's really baffling to me how, how guys are able to kind of overcome these things. You know, usually, you know, if I'm going to get into a fight, I want everything to be perfect. So how do you how do you balance that? How do you say, you know what, I am going through these hard times, and how do you how do you kind of stay motivated even though these things are happening to you? Well, I put my whole life into this, man. Um, in life, nothing's perfect. There's always going to be setbacks. There's nothing that's going to go completely smooth. I've had fights where I walk out to the fight too cold and forget a hoodie. I've had fights where my opponent walks out and I, I wasn't able to get my fight when I was supposed to turn pro. You know what I mean? I've had financial struggle. I've had family struggle. I've had, you, you know what I mean? Life life is uh, is tough and it's never perfect. And tough times don't last. Tough people do. And realistically, it doesn't matter. As long as I, with my work ethic and how my will to win, I'm going to put in the work regardless whether I have to put extra hours because the training is lighter, whether I have to go or push myself a little harder in practice, whether I have to do extra sessions. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get the work done and I'm going to make it happen because this is what I do. This is what I love to do. This is what I want to do. And this is what I will succeed doing. Who is your uh, your primary training partners going into this one? Am I crazy to think that I saw a picture of you and Mike Perry? Uh, no, you're not. I actually did spar Mike Perry during this training camp a little bit. How was that? It's a big dude, man. <laughs> He's super strong. Um, uh, 
I did really well with him. You know, he's a tough dude. I like him I like him as a person. Um, uh, he came in a few times. I didn't really get a lot of rounds with him. It wasn't like I was having those, like, specific cage rounds with him. I just gave him a couple rounds to help him because uh, he was training, training for Robbie. Uh, I really didn't like doing that because I, I trained at Stanford with Robbie, but Roger yeah. Crow, who's my head striking coach, was training Mike Perry. So what am I going to do? Tell my head coach no. So I gave him a couple of rounds, you know. Uh, it is what it is. But uh, he's a big dude, man. I remember the first round, he grappled me and he back arched me. And obviously, I don't want to pop my shoulder. So I didn't post my head. I just like laid there and took it. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, uh, I But uh, my main training partners have pretty much been uh, – while I was at Stanford, I was training a lot with Evan Elder, uh, my boy Delano Taylor, uh, Danny Colazzo. Uh, while I've been at Gocha, I've been training my boy uh, Yoansi. Valdez, he's a Division One All American, um, uh, four time JUCO national champion wrestler, Cuban dude. Um, uh, I've been trained a lot with. Uh, wait, wait, repeat that. Repeat that. Two time JUCO national champion, four time high school American, and four four time high school American, two time NCAA qualifier, and two time JUCO national champ. Sorry, sorry, he's right here with me uh, in the quarantine, so he had to correct me. He's like. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a high level wrestler. Um, uh, who else? I'm trying to think. Yeah, man, that's probably the main people that stand. Oh, my buddy Angel Alvarez. He's a ten time judo national champion for Cuba. So I was doing a lot of grappling with him as well. I didn't really get much striking work done in this camp like I'd like to, but I was getting my pads. I got my sparring in. Uh, my boy Chris Boasso, I've been training with a lot. Um, oh, I also put a lot of rounds in with Mike Davis. He's a UFC vet as well. Yeah, I forgot to mention him. That's a good name that I was working with a lot. Yeah, Mike Davis is very, very underrated. Very, very good. Very dangerous. He had a good run in the UFC, I thought. He's still – he's just been injured. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, all right, I want to – I mean, back in June, you, you you were able to compete for the first time since the pandemic. What was it like competing in the empty arena? Man, I'm strong mentally, so I don't really feel it makes much of a difference. Um, I can fight whether it's in front of a million people or nobody. Um, it was a little eerie. The one thing I did like is that I was able to really hear my coaches, you know. I, but I like fighting in front of crowds because you really do feel the difference as far as the energy is concerned. But I liked it. It was cool. I want to talk about one point in your career that I thought was really the turning point. Um, it was that loss. It was very, very close, razor thin. What was the biggest lesson you learned from that loss? One, stop cutting so much weight that's going to affect your performance because that was a big thing. I realized um, – after that fight, I started talking about the move up because I realized after those weight cuts how bad my body blows up. Um, being a 45er, that was the first fight after the fight. I actually got up in the 180s after the weight cut because my body was just holding on to everything and retaining water, retaining everything I was eating. So uh, that was a problem that started to happen. Uh, also, another thing, get the fuck off the fence. You know, Learn some wall work. Get better. Have more of a sense of urgency when people are stalling me out. Uh, obviously I don't want to look at the ref to save me because I should have been able to get off the fence. You know, I worked a lot of my wrestling after that fight, a lot of my cage wrestling, a lot of my volume. Uh, I worked on a lot of things, man. And I feel like I've hit that next level and I've fixed those little kinks. For sure. Another, another point was, was really early on in your career as an amateur, you didn't have, I guess, the most successful amateur career going three and three. What four was the four and four? <laughs> okay. Tapology says three and three. Yeah. yeah. Not, not um, exactly. So what what was the what was the key there to, to turning it around before going pro? 
Oh man, honestly, I had no grappling. I really was a stubborn guy. I loved striking, and I was one of those guys that, oh, well, our game plan to be landing. Let's push him to the fence, or let's grapple him, and like just hold him down, and you're gonna win. You know, he'll get tired, and they were right. You know, I, I really was stubborn, stubborn that I didn't want to work on my weaknesses. I just wanted to be flashy. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And it's realistically about humbling yourself, you know. What really humbles you is when you find yourself on a losing record, when you commit yourself to something full-time in your life, you know. I'm sitting here losing fights and doing all this shit when, when like, I'm not even good at the one thing I'm supposed to be good at. It really makes you uh, do a lot of self-reflection and look at yourself in the mirror and wonder if you really want to do this or not, you know. And uh, I've been through a lot of my life, and I've been through a lot of adversity. I've had a lot of people tell me I can't do things. So um, I was very motivated to just keep pushing and not give up and not quit because I've quit everything else I've done in my life, whether it's come to sports, projects, jobs, anything you could think of. I've been a guy that always used to quit. And uh, in the fight game, it's something that I'll never do because I have a heart of a warrior, and I feel like you need to push forward when tough times happen, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you hear it so many times, guys who have losses early on in their career, and then they just – blow up and that's kind of what kind of what happened to you and it's almost good that it happened as an amateur rather than a than uh, as a professional that's what amateurs are for i feel like that's where you get your experience you're not getting paid you know half the time your fights aren't seen you know i count them as real losses for sure i don't look at myself as a five and one fighter i definitely count my amateur fights as fights because it's still real man there's ground and pound to the face you get injured i've seen plenty of uh, nasty knockouts in the amateurs you know it's still a fight. It's the same feeling, the same pressure. Just in that moment, the pressure is different than what it is now. The way you handle it is a lot different than how you would handle it now. But at the end of the day, it's always the same thing. It's still a fight. So, so I, I have had losses. I have had tough times. I've faced adversity. I've been in those de those highs. I've been in those lows. And I know how to handle them now. So I, I know how to not take put pressure on myself. That's why I feel like I'm a very composed fighter. And that's an attribute I have that a lot of people don't. So I kind of built this platform on making predictions and I know a lot of guys don't like doing it, but there's a big title fight coming up and I couldn't go without asking Alex Perez competing against Davison Figueroa, who looked unbelievable. Do you have a prediction for that fight? Man, I like Alex Perez a lot. I think he's got solid boxing. I think he has a solid low kick game. I think he moves very well. Very good striker. I haven't really seen much of his grappling or I can't really remember um, Davison is very good as well at, at striking a field, but I don't really even think essentially that he's good. He's just such an athletic presence that if he touches you, he can seriously hurt you. So, I mean, I don't feel like I've seen enough of Figueredo to, to be, to like predict a knockout or see like how he's going to be. I'd like to see him a little more, but if I were to go with anyone, I'd go with my guy, Alex Perez, for sure. All right. I'll ask you a couple questions, a couple more questions, and I'll let you go back to your, uh, your quarantine there. Um, so for people who haven't watched you compete, what can they expect from you? On November 10th, they can expect a high pressure fight, an exciting fight, an explosive fight, and I'm 99% sure a finish within the first two rounds. If you could compare yourself to any fighter in the UFC today, who would it be? Max Holloway. Nick, well, Nick Diaz, if he's still in the UFC. <laughs> um, All right. Uh, who else? Nah. Who makes? Oh, fuse them together. <laughs> there you go. Something like that. All right, perfect. And la last uh, last question. Is there any sponsors, anyone you want to thank or anyone you want to plug? Yes, thank you to um, Mushin Store for uh, hooking me up with my Fight Camp shirts, um, uh, Pyramid Pools, uh, Mainstream Cultivation. Uh, I'm trying to think, man. I got, got a few. Uh, my team at the Goshen Academy, my Sanford MMA crew, 
uh, Coach Henry Hoof, Coach G. Jones, uh, Asim Zaidi, Roger Crawl, Brandon Lewis, uh, Ahmed, my coach Ahmed from Symmetry uh, Fitness, uh, rep of Symmetry Combat Team, my training partners, and I believe that's it for now. All right, man. Thank you for the time. Oh, I really and one more, Creating Better Days CBD. Thank you guys so much for supporting me for this fight camp. All right, perfect. There you have it, man. Thank you very much for the time. I appreciate it. You're four days out, so can't wait to watch you go out there and compete and hopefully get a contract. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm taking what's mine, baby. Let's go. All right, man. All the best. Have a good one, brother. Thank you. All right, there you have it. Landon Quinones. Uh, he's competing on the Contender Series on November 10th. That's in four days at the time of recording. It's probably going to be three days at the time I post this. So make sure you guys tune in. I've been a fan of his for a little while now. He's uh, he's a killer man and I can't wait to see what he's going to do. And uh, remember uh, if you haven't yet donate to Movember uh, to raise awareness for prostate cancer, I have to wear this. So the least you could do is drop a little donation. And if you can't do that, be sure to like comment and subscribe and I will see you guys next time.